Hi, this is Jackie here with the Sexy Politico. Today we'll be interviewing Emma Davis. Emma here is the founder of Miko's Choice, which is a, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, a CBD company for pets. That's right. Is that correct? Yeah. And uh, we're here to talk about CBD with her relationship with CBD and also some of the probably legal aspects that she's had to deal with with having this company so to begin with emma can you tell my audience a little bit about you sure so um i started in the industry in 2015 and my background was in animal science i wanted to be a veterinarian i was on track to be a veterinarian until i got into a horseback riding accident and broke my back and had to defer from school for a year to learn how to walk again, which was, you know, kind of that a big doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> yeah. And that is where cannabis and CBD changed the direction of my life plan and why I'm here today with you talking about it. Wonderful. Awesome. So I, I was stalking your Instagram a little bit. <laughs> how many animals do you have in total? That is a great question. So right now we have a base of eight, which would be one dog, one pig, one horse, three goats, two chickens. Um, and we're going to add another dog and another pig here soon. And I do have uh, another equine, which is a Zorse, and he lives offsite um, on a few hundred acres. So yeah, we've got quite, quite the crew. <laughs> We've just got the cat here and that's all we can handle <laughs> with the kids. So what is CBD and how is it different from marijuana? Good question. So they come from different plants. So the CBD that you'll see in stores, like your grocery store, gas station, you know, mainstream stuff, things that you can order online, those are going to be hemp based products. And the hemp plant has different regulations surrounding its use. Um, and access and THC products. One second, one second. Sure. I accidentally locked my cat out of her uh, out of the mm. her potty place. Oh, no, no. I apologize. No, it's okay. It's okay. So THC products are from the cannabis plant, which has different regulations around it. And they're the same plant. They're just like different varieties of it, basically. Um, and they produce CBD and THC in different contents. And really the biggest difference is how they're managed legally. So right. cannabis plants, THC products that you see in states with specific um, laws and regulations, you know, that are legalized or have medical laws. Um, those products deal with cannabis as we call it in the industry, as opposed to like hemp CBD products. Okay. How is CBD different for a human as opposed to an animal? So it's really not, uh, the same reasons that you use CBD for humans and animals overlap. The biggest difference is the type of product. So is it based from hemp or is it based from cannabis? Because within cannabis products, you can have cannabis-based CBD and THC in the same product. Now with something like that, you wouldn't want to be giving your animal high levels of THC because then they're going to get that high that we get, 
Yeah. That can be really stressful for them because they don't know what's going on. And so that's when you see like the shaking, um, panting and pacing, and it seems like they've been poisoned and that's because they just, they can't handle. My cat doesn't even, my cat doesn't even like, um, what is that, that plant that people give cats all the time, catnip. She hates it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, cannabis and hemp, they're not for everybody either. So animals are the same way. Yeah. So is CBD legal federally? That is a good question. Yes and no. It's complicated. It's a gray area. In 2018, the U.S. passed the Farm Bill, which legalized certain aspects of using the hemp plant. Now, cannabis, THC products are not legal on a federal level. Those are the products that are regulated state by state. Right, right. So with your with your company it's online based do you have to do you have to be careful about what states you send your products to or can you could anybody order from you in the united states there are certain states that restrict access to it um there's really only one or two in the u.s that restrict access to it so you know a lot of people say oh it can ship to all states and it's not like totally true um, but we definitely cannot export out of the United States. I get a lot of inquiries from uh, people that live in like Europe, for example, because there's not a lot of access there. Um, and I definitely cannot export to them. So my my brother has done a lot of work in in medical marijuana plants. He's He does a lot of their computer back work and he's described it as a very male centered environment is the cbd space the same way yeah they're very similar a lot of white male dominance and few female owned founded brands but there is a lot of support for brands like that and brands that are founded by women people of color male or female um female people of color there's a lot of support for that but it's not as common for example in los angeles where I had a delivery service with my brother, they had a big social equity program, which was based on the premise to give um, people of color and people who had been wrongfully harmed by the war on drugs, whether they've been arrested for having, you know, a certain amount on them and now it's legal. So, you know, that's kind of a ethical question, right? So the program was designed to give them priority in licensing. This is for cannabis businesses where it's heavily regulated and you need a license to operate um, across various levels. And unfortunately, that system in LA didn't really pan out very well. There was a lot of political, you know, unrest that went into it that stalled the program. And ultimately, we were not able to get a delivery license in LA because of this stall. We had a business partner who qualified under the social equity program. And we went through it for two years before we just decided to back off because it was costing a lot of money and getting nowhere. And we had to get licensed elsewhere. That sounds like the fun political BS that everybody deals with when opening a business. Yeah. Probably a little bit worse. (laughs) Yeah. So people do try to like support, you know, marginalized groups and stuff, but the programs, they're not perfect. No, no. So I've, I have heard of a lot. So what does CBD 
do for animals or is it just different for every animal? There's a lot of things that it can do. So just like us, animals get anxious, they have arthritis, they get stressed, um, you know, going to the vet, uh, being in a new place, you know, social anxieties that we get as well, they can go through. Um, they also can have certain diseases that this might help with, like inflammatory-based diseases. So beyond arthritis, like in horses, for instance, there's a lot of inflammation-based diseases that it can help bring down that inflammation with. And I always tell people that for things like that, it's not a cure. Like it's not a cure-all. Right. People come to me like, oh, this is going on with my animal. Like, can it help with this? Like my dog is barking. Is it going to make it stop barking? The answer is no, it's not going to make your dog stop barking. But what it might do is bring down the anxiety around like why the animal is having a certain behavior, like barking or pacing or um, scratching all the time. And so it could help level that out a little bit so that you can either work with your animal through training to help with that behavior, or, you know, let's say they have arthritis. I have a lot of clients with arthritic animals and it definitely helps bring down the inflammation for that and make them a little bit more comfortable, but it's not going to solve or reverse the arthritis. I mean, you can't cure arthritis. Right. But a lot, you know, a lot of people just see it as like this miracle thing that's going to help everything and anything. And that's just not true. No, we, um, we moved across the country recent, well, about halfway across the country recently. And my husband didn't want to tranquilize our cat because she's mm-hmm. had a bad experience with that. Mm-hmm. He didn't realize what he gave her was CBD. Oh. The, 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 uh, vet gave him a bottle of CBD. And then my friend <laughs> who drove with us was like, oh, I didn't know they made CBD for for pets. And he was like, really? <laughs> they did not tell him. It, a bit. She gets very anxious in the car. She does not like to drive. And, she, and she's from a, she went from a 10 to about a five, okay. which is an improvement. Yeah, it's an improvement. And so that's another great way to use it. And a lot of people have experiences like that. We're like, oh, I'm not sure if it worked or yeah, it helps some, but maybe not totally. And so my answer to that is you have to look into the quality of the product and how much you're giving, because a lot of products on the market are vastly underdosed, which means like they're not strong enough to create a response. Like some companies will tell you to give like a literal single drop and that it's like I two to four milligrams my... or based on their formulation, like half of an entire dropper is still two to four milligrams. And like Flat I can't out. imagine my 13 pound cat only needing one drop of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just not going to work. And so what's unique about Miko's choice is that it has a really high concentrated formulation so that you will see a result and so that you can use it across multiple species. So if you get a bottle, like you can use it for your cat, you can use it for your dog, you can use it for your horse. There's a lot of applications to it. Can you, is see? Can you give cannabis-based products to any animal or is that completely an unsafe, unsafe to do? You can, but I think for like the lay person, it's not a good idea because you can get into dangerous territory with THC levels. So one of the ways that I got into this business was giving a THC-based product to my dog who had hepatocellular carcinoma, which is a really lethal um, cancer. Mm-hmm. And I actually sent him into remission for four years with a THC CBD based product. And I had to titrate him over time 
from a really, really small dose of THC to a larger one because the tolerance level of THC will build in their system just like us. Right. Um, but you you have to know how to do it and you have to be really careful. And there's not a lot of information out there of how to do it, unfortunately. So as a general rule, I just recommend people don't do it. Um, it's just yeah. sort of like the safest way to go right now. Seems, seems reasonable. Um, so how, how long has, when did you find Miko's Choice? How long has the business been running and how is it, how is it doing on the online space? Yeah. So I started in 2019. I officially launched the, the product and the business. I started with one product, which was a hemp-based CBD pellet for horses. But before like the launch date, I spent um, quite a lot of time testing the products within my equine network to see like, okay, your horse has this issue. They have this, like, let's give them this much for this long and just see what was going on. Because at the time there were no products for horses. So I saw that gap in the market and wanted to do something about it and eventually brought that product to life and was amazed by the results, you know, that it could have for people. And it, of course, with any small business, <clears throat> I think it's important for people to understand that it's a slow ramp up, right. you know, you don't like launch your website and all of a sudden you're like drowning in sales. <laughs> you know, it, it takes a while, especially when it's like literally just a single person building something from the ground up. You know, I have no investors. I a hundred percent own this company and I've started it with like guerrilla marketing and word of mouth. So over time I've built it to be very successful and have a good reputation, but that took like a good one to two years. So how did you how did you grow your Instagram following as large as you as large as you have? Yeah. So um the account that you're talking about is Brian Kangle. And that is an account that is it pairs with Miko's Choice. So Miko's Choice has its own Instagram as well, but it doesn't nearly have the following that Brian Kangle does. But there is a lot of overlap. And in terms of growing the Brian Kangle following, it's been strategic partnerships with uh, places like the Dodo. I work with them a lot, highlighting the different animals, like I mentioned in the beginning, that I have here and their rescue stories. And also um, working with other, you know, content creators on there and just sort of getting these stories out there to the world. And it has been amazing. The response that has come about that in the form of followers. Everybody, everybody loves animals. Yeah. I, I would at least hope. Right. hope they're not monsters. Right. <laughs> they love animals. Yeah. I mean, the, that pig alone is just, is worth, you know, 10,000 followers, I think. <laughs> He's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. My, my husband's like, a pig would be nice, but it, but I can't deal with it. <laughs> there are a lot. And, and, you know, part of the problem with having a large following like that is that, you know, you share the cute videos and whatnot. And so like, that's all people see. But the truth is a lot of these animals like Patrick or pig, he's like a little toddler and a puppy all in one. Like it's, they, it, they dig. Yeah. They, they dig that like, one of the big stories is like when Paris Hilton had that mini pig, she had to, she had to redo her entire closet because her pig kept <laughs> digging holes in her closet. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, I think that's a natural instinct for pigs or something like that, to dig right. and burrow. And so that's like, Nobody shows that on their Instagram. Right. Yeah. And I try to be really real and honest with people of what it's like to have all of these animals. Yeah. I mean, I, I, per 
I I choose not to show my children on on my social media because I don't I don't think it's fair to them but I just I don't ever want people to think that parenting in the same way that having animals there's there's no perfect day no I had to clean up cat vomit earlier today Mm. so I mean (laughs) it, it happens right so if somebody was interested in learning in starting their own business in 20, I guess, 2023, the year's almost over, what, what um, advice would you give them? I would say find something that you're really passionate and start small. I think a big mistake that people have is they like want to go big really quickly and you need to establish a customer base. Cause what if you come up with something and nobody wants it? Well, it's that would suck. Yeah, it's possible. And a lot of investment goes into like just procuring product. And I think starting with the network that you have around people that are that want that product is really important too. So I had a very extensive equine network and that's where I started. That's where I went to. That's where I got feedback and just realizing that you're going to have to re- reinvent the wheel a lot. You know, my packaging has changed over time. It has to change again. <laughs> You know, it's a big expense and planning ahead for the unexpected in expenses like that and knowing your funding and do you want to take investment and what does that mean to you? Are you willing to give up part of your company or not? Do you need to give up part of your company? Because a lot of people start like, oh, I need investors, but you don't really, you can start with little and grow it from there. You know, that's what I did and I've retained ownership. And I think that that's a really important thing to remember. I think it's absolutely important to remember considering with the with the culture of internet bros and everything in the CBD space and the cannabis space of everything my brothers told me at least has made has made it sound very broy and like some if some do invest in your company they try to take it over real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely do. And a lot of people, so for our delivery service, we had to seek investment because that company needs a lot of capital to operate. Something like Nico's Choice doesn't need that same level. And so for the delivery, we needed to take investment. And in an industry like cannabis, you think like, oh, everybody's like chomping at the bit to get into it. And to some degree they are, but you get to a certain point in the negotiations and then, you know, they get a little bit of, Ooh, I'm not sure to make that jump. Um, and then it goes away. And so just, I think also managing your expectations about like exciting things that are coming up is important because it's really easy to just like put all your eggs in one basket and be like, this is happening and I'm so pumped to do it. We're going to make it work, but sometimes it's not going to work out. And maybe there's a reason for that. That's all makes sense to me. (laughs) That definitely makes sense. Is there, are there any political bills, any, anything politically that you are, that you're keeping an eye out, keeping an eye on yourself for future law changes? Yeah, definitely. Um, Federal legalization of cannabis has been a topic for the last five years or so. Um, And what does that mean? So as for California, as an example, uh, legalized cannabis recreationally and it, you know, depending on what side of the spectrum you're on, a lot of people think that it actually harmed the industry because before that it was legal medicinally. And there was a lot of gray area within those laws, but 
things seem to work a little bit better. For example, like the tax structure in California on how this product is taxed is ridiculous. There's like a 30% tax to the consumer. And so what that means is that the consumer doesn't want to pay that extra tax for their products. And so they just go to the illegal market for less. And those products are not regulated in the same way. So they're not lab tested. You don't know what's in them. There could be all sorts of harmful things. You don't actually know like the potency of what you're getting or if it is what it says it is. So there's a lot of problems with like the laws and how things are shaped. And I think it's part of the reason that it hasn't been legalized on a federal level because it's a complicated issue. So looking to see how these laws are being structured is really important as well as banking for these businesses. So that's a big crossover in CBD, hemp-based companies and cannabis companies. Um, Legally, cannabis companies cannot bank at all because most of the big banks are backed by the federal government. So you end up using credit unions or- Crypto. Yeah, or you go with like a big bank and then they figure out what you do and then they shut your account and you move on to the next one. And with CBD processing, you can sell it online that you can do that. But a lot of these big companies don't want to support the like merchant processing or the credit card payment of it. That was a big problem when I started. So there were all these small individual companies that would do the merchant processing, but they would upcharge the company like a ridiculous amount and have all these fees stacked on top of it just to process credit cards online. Luckily, there are big companies now stepping forward and accepting CBD hemp companies because the laws have changed. So like I use Square for my website, which is a very big trusted company, and they've been very um, forward thinking with using CBD. And they they were one of the first companies to start a CBD incubator, which I got into, which has been awesome. So yeah, there's, you know, the laws just really shape the way that these industries and businesses are able to run. And ultimately they hold us back in a lot of ways because we're not treated like a normal company. So we can't just advertise. We can't have reasonable charges on credit cards. I mean, even Square, they allow it, but the CBD business has to pay double just because of what it is. I've learned a lot about crypto because with my brother working in the cannabis space Mm. and apparently around here, they do a lot. They do a lot of work in crypto, which... Mm. Okay, whatever. (laughs) But I have learned way more than I've ever thought I could ever learn about CBD. But is there any message you would like to get across to people before before we get off? Yeah, I think um, when there's a lot of CBD products out there that you can get, and it's very overwhelming. Like, what do I choose? How much do I give? And there's a lot of misinformation around it. There's a lot of information that we don't know. I think finding a source that you trust that is transparent, like I always post like the test results of my products on my website. So you can see them, you can see what lab did them. Um, There's also a QR code on my products. You can scan that, see the information there. Um, Really doing a deep dive into who is behind the company. Why did they bring it to market? What are they doing with this product? You know, like I donate a portion of sales to various rescues. Um, it's obviously just funded by, founded by me, you know, and not a, not a big company with a bunch of investors. And so you have to think like, what are your value systems and who do you want to support? Which is the same for, I think, really any product that you buy today, Absolutely. Um, if you care about that sort of thing. And so if that's not so important, then look at the product itself. Where is it made? 
what is the cost per milligram that you're getting. That's something that customers do not understand and that a lot of companies take advantage of people. I have a whole blog post on my website that explains cost per milligram and why Mika's Choice is actually a better deal, even though on the surface it seems more expensive than others. So I think the message is to just do a little bit of digging and don't just get a product that's 30 bucks because well, it's cheap. There's a reason it's cheap. Yeah. I I mean, I, I love my cat. I would, if I, if she needed something like that, I would definitely pay more to make sure she gets the best product for, for her and yeah. somebody that I could actually chat with to get, to get the right information in it and the right dosage for her. Right. Yeah. I think that's important too. Like if somebody reaches out, like I'm going to be the one answering the message. Right. right. If I'm like, not uh, my cat has arthritis and she's 13 pounds. How much should I give her? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, like I, I love questions like that. And I love to follow up and see like, okay, you did this. How did the product help your pet? And that's something that I think a lot of, you know, maybe bigger companies out there don't offer. Right. And I think that's that personal. That's why I like shopping small, especially, especially during the holiday season is because I like that personalized, you know, that personalized experience and being able to know exactly where something comes from, who's providing it and getting help if I need it. Right. Yeah. It's important. It's really frustrating when you can't find the answers. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for being on the sexy Politico. We, we loved we love talking to you and listeners. I will have all of her links in our show notes. I will also be posting them on my website and all of the social media so that you can learn more about Emma, Miko's Choice, anything that you have any questions about. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Sexy Politico. We'll, and we'll be looking forward to next week's episode. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye.